um, comments, sorry guys, um, and there's quite a few. Um, there's so many. Well, I, I think may, what was interesting to me, and, and maybe just before we move on to the next game, um, Fred raised an interesting point in terms of, um, and we might just do a quick roundhouse. Where will Sean Payton coach next season? If uh, if you had to decide right now where he might be, what would what would you say, Mark? All right, if I was trying to hire Sean Payton. If if no, if you're not 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 if you're trying to hire him, where where would you put money on Sean Payton ending up as head coach next year? Oh Jesus, Colin. I mean I'd... Okay, Brian, we'll go we'll go to you. It's like radio, you can't have silence. <laughs> um where do I think he'd want to be? I think he'd want to be in LA with the Chargers, but um the way the the scheduling is lining up for the Chargers now. Um, as one who kept saying they wouldn't make the playoffs, looking at them, what they've got left, the Colts, the Rams, and I believe they finish with um, another team in the AFC West. I can't recall what particular that game is. Um, they've got a very winnable schedule look, to get into the playoffs. So essentially, I think that would keep the, the Colts there for another year. So it's strangely enough, I think Arizona might be the one. that um, I don't think Kingsbury going to be back there. The GM has stepped away for health reasons. No. I imagine he's going to... No, you don't think that's a voice? No, no, I don't think he wants anything to do with Kyler Murray. Years of working with Drew Brees, and then you go Kyler Murray. Not a comparison. I actually, Chargers is a great shout. Like, I mean, if you gave a offensive genius a shot, like, where would it be? Yeah, Justin Herbert sounds good, and the only way is up. I think the thing that keeps getting forgotten is he's. You still have to pay draft compensation to the Saints around hiring Sean Payton anyway. So you've got to have a team that is so convinced and so desperate for this and equally is willing to pay up the draft consideration, which means they can't invest that in their team. Um, and that's what narrows the scenarios and the possibilities. I'll, I'll go for uh, Dallas, just because. It makes too much sense. Jerry loves him. Mike McCarthy's been a dead man walking. He blows it up in the playoffs. And Jerry says, my legendary patience giving Jason Garrett too long, uh, giving everyone after Jimmy Johnson basically too long, um, uh, expires. And he takes the opportunity. Um, and they always like to do it bigger in Texas. So, Connor, I'm going to jump in there. I know you, you've got – I know you have your own thoughts on this one because we spoke for it, – it's a, it's the most uh, valid remark in terms of what you suggested there was. If, you, if there's compensation to be had by the Saints – which team are in a position to kind of forego their draft picks, essentially, because they've already got a real strong side, and that is the Cowboys. Well, uh, certainly one I think we will come back to, but conscious that we have a couple more games uh, among, including our quick fire round, and we have a Monday night football game to talk about as well. So if we move on to uh, the seventh game that we're going to discuss, turned out to be uh, quite a, a low-scoring game, and that was... Uh, the Titans uh, against the the Chargers. Brian, what were your thoughts on this one? Early on, I thought this was going to be a comfortable win for the Chargers because Tannehill went off injured and it looked like it was a really bad injury. He was, you know, watching through the, the blue tent like as if he was masked up and locked away in there and he wasn't going to be coming back, but he, he found a way to, to return. And and the game played into the Titans' hands. I felt it was like we, we've seen the Chargers put up explosive enough numbers recently uh, we saw what they did against the Dolphins last week and previous games but it didn't really play out that way and 
you know, to see then that long drive from the Titans to get back 14 all late on, I just said, this is this is exactly what Vrabel would have wanted. You know, you know, put ourselves in a position late in the game to potentially even get the game into overtime and win on potentially a last-minute field goal or whatever it needs to be, getting into overtime. And then, but Herbert has other ideas and that, you know, this is why we always talk about. This is why I get so frustrated with this team because when you've got a quarterback of that measure and, and that quality, you know, you'll feel like you're you're robbing him of an opportunity to be really good and go to the playoffs and make a serious push to get to the Super Bowl. But right now, we touched on it on Thursday with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen back. They certainly look like they've kind of re, rejuvenated the coach. In fairness, as critical as I've been of the coach, he made some really smart moves at the end. Even though they were driving to score that touchdown the Titans, he kept calling timeouts, allowing the team to have at least 40 to 50 seconds to try and put themselves into a, into a position to kick a winning field goal. And that play on the sideline, essentially wrapping up the game and giving them the opportunity, was a fantastic play. I mean, it reminded me, obviously it's slightly different because it was on the other sideline, but it reminded me of the the Rogers, Aaron Rodgers throw in the playoffs that time against the Cowboys where he literally pinnacled into the corner for the tight end. It wasn't exactly that nature, but similarities to that type of play and that type of throw in a situation where you're trying to get in position to kick a field goal. Huge win, walk-off winning winning uh, field goal. And bearing in mind the results that had gone their way earlier in the day, obviously, with the Jets and then obviously during that time, the Raiders and what happened there with the Patriots. Allowing them essentially to move into the playoffs, but not only move back into the playoff position, but now they're actually the sixth seed. It's not even a case of whether they're going to hang in at seven. The Dolphins drop all the way back to seven, which is a very interesting move, bearing in mind how well they played on Saturday night. Mark, two teams that almost seem to be going in opposite directions. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, they put together back-to-back wins for the first time since week six. Um, That kind of gives you an indication of their inconsistency uh, during the season. There were definitely points in this game as well where it felt like they were going to find a way to throw it away. They've thrown away games this season. I mean, we've talked... Ad nauseum about the question marks over the coaching staff there. Um, and there are questions of certain positions. Obviously, some of their big free agents moves with uh, JC Jackson playing badly and then getting injured haven't worked out the way they would like. Um, but they went seven drives on offense, five punts and two interceptions in the middle of this game. They basically scored a touchdown on their first drive and then scored twice towards the back end in the fourth quarter. Um, and then didn't do anything in the in the interim. And if Tannehill had still been in there, I actually think they would have lost this game because I would have backed Tennessee to at least put together a couple more drives and put more points on the board. The reality is, as you allude to, Tennessee are going in the opposite direction. And whereas a few weeks ago, we were all rightfully lauding the job that Mike Rabel has done with them, um, acknowledging that you know we didn't expect them necessarily to be able to back it up with given some of the off-season moves and the, the trades and... John Robinson's paid for this with his uh, job only a couple of weeks ago, uh, of course. Or was it last week? It's very recently, obviously, the GM uh, being let go. Um, but they they seem almost like a, a death spiral uh, at the moment. Um, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy was in Dream Girls. So it was more like Nightmare Girls going on for uh, the Tennessee Titans at the moment. Yeah, and certainly that AFC South is one to keep an eye on. Uh, the um, Titans seem to have it all locked up, but now only one game uh, ahead of the Jags and all to play for. 
So moving on to uh, our final game that we'll discuss before the quickfire round, and that was the game at Soldier Field. The uh, Eagles taking on the Bears, and uh, the Bears uh, having, once again, uh, a decent performance out of Justin Fields, came up just short. Um, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, it was something of an off day, though. I wish my QB's off day uh, involved 300 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Mark, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, um, there's some brilliant moments in this game, Colm. There was uh, the, the Eagles had called a designed run, signed quarterback draw, uh, just as the, the Bears blitzed their free safety down uh, the A-gap, and uh, Jalen Hurts probably ran down the B-gap, uh, or sorry, the other A-gap, um, straight into the end zone. Um, and just the drama of seeing that dynamic of one rushing and then Hurts running straight past him was was hilarious. Um, Justin Fields, one, I mean, there are several plays he makes in every game. Now that they've opened up the play, now they're giving him a chance to shine. There are several moments when you it takes your breath away. Um, and one run in particular, it looked like he was going to be sacked for a, a terrible loss. Uh, ends up turning into a touchdown, you know, jug, jug, uh, jug, oh, no, it wasn't. He stepped out in the line, sorry. But he runs for 40-odd yards down the field. I mean, it was just beautiful. It's just fantastic to see. This was definitely way more competitive for a lot longer than most people would have predicted. It looked for a strong while that the Bears would actually come out with the upset. Um, they were giving the Eagles all they could handle. And you're right, Colm, um, Hurts and the Eagles' offense certainly did have a bad day, uh, did have an off day. Um, the numbers don't necessarily stack that up, and certainly some of the connections and some of the balls Hurts was dropping in on fade routes out to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown didn't signify that, but they were not the dominant force uh, they have been in games past, and that's a credit to the Bears and how hard they played them. Um, and, you know, I think if you're a Chicago fan, and of course your attentions are turning more to next year, you start to feel that there's the genesis and the core of a good team there. A lot of people question the trade midseason. Uh, wide receivers now with a couple of weapons. Um, fields looks far more exciting. And when you've got some weapons that you have to recognize and acknowledge on the defense, you can devote less resources towards just stopping Justin uh, effectively. He has a way to go. Almost the pathway of Jalen Hurts is what, what he can envisage, though. He's proved it as a runner. Jalen Hurts approved as a runner. We questioned his ability to win games with his arm. And it's games that he's had this season and games like he had uh, yesterday uh, that prove people like me and uh, Brian in particular should shut up sometimes because uh, he's definitely made... Uh, he's proven the doubters wrong many times. And the Eagles go marching on uh, towards number one seed, NFC dominance, Super Bowl victory. Who knows? Um, but they, they certainly go marching on. Brian, just, oh, give, give, us, give us your thoughts on this game. Justin Fields threw for 91 yards yesterday. Maybe they should draft a quarterback in the draft come April and, and play Justin Fields as a running back going forward. Um, I mean, that has to be corrected. I mean, because like we've seen this over the course of the last four to five weeks, it's great. It's very enjoyable to watch. He's fantastic. But he's, he, I feel sorry for him because he is getting injured a lot. He's, he's getting some heavy hits and the longevity of doing that consistently week in, week out. Um, it, maybe it, it will align itself in due course as they get more players in and they start you know, using them in the same manner in which the Eagles are using Jen and Hurts. Um, I agree, it was, a really, it was a lot tighter than the game suggested and um, I felt that 
the Eagles didn't play great yesterday, but that's the great thing about teams that are going in the right in right uh, way in terms of going to the playoffs and potentially to the Super Bowl. I think the Cowboys fans will be really uh, kicking themselves because um, it's come out in the last hour and it's been reported by all Rappaport, uh, Tom Pellicello, Adam Schefter that it's highly unlikely that Jalen Hurts will play this weekend. Um, he suffered a sprained shoulder in yesterday's game and uh, he's not likely to play. And, and now I'd imagine if the Cowboys had a win yesterday and then all of a sudden the, the, the cards are on the table for whoever wins, wins the division potentially, he would have played. But that's interesting to see that that's the case now. Um, maybe they'll decide that it's just a week that they don't need to play him and maybe keep him for a different game thinking that the Cowboys defence will look to do to do certain things on him like it was yeah look they played below a par it was similar to the Chiefs in a way they, they played it to a certain level yesterday because the game was obviously there to be won but the Bears keep finding ways to play really well really competitive in these games but yet lose and haven't spoke to a lot of Bears fans that's really what they want they don't want to get blown they don't want the doors blown off them they want to remain competitive see what they have in Justin Fields, but let's not impact our draft position right now. Bear in mind, there's only a few games left in the season. Yeah, I think I can forgive um, the Fields and 91 yards, given that um, basically had five turnstiles in front of him on the O-line, and had they put traffic cones out as wide receivers, they would have had more mobility and more catching ability. So uh, you can only throw if guys can catch it. And I think if anyone has seen that clip uh, from Saturday Night Live of Peyton Manning playing with the kids, I think those kids would have done a better job than the Bears receivers. But I think the Bears have found a legit franchise guy in um Justin Fields. Uh, we before we get uh, to maybe the final comments and to Monday Night Football, uh, it is the quick fire round. And Brian, we'll start with you this time. The Saints beat the Falcons. Oh, I thought tell I was going to do the Broncos game. I, I oh, that scared. that. Oh, sorry. I, you are you are right. Yeah, get, I'll, get, let, I, I'll go with the Broncos game. <clears throat> Look, it wasn't the most exciting of games. Bearing in mind the situation of both teams. Um, but I was impressed with the Broncos in the second half uh, because they somehow managed to shore up the, the leaky offensive line, bearing in mind what JJ Watt was doing to them in, in, for large parts of the first half. I mean, he was like a one-man wrecking ball out there in the first half, going after Ripon. And uh, gradually, as the game went on, uh, the Broncos' defence, which I thought would be the case, yeah, started getting, um, making life uncomfortable for their... Well, it ended up being, uh, was it Max Shorty that came in from, from McCoy? But look, I think if McCoy had been in there, it would have been the same result. Um, Justin Simmons had a really good game with a number of interceptions. He looked really rallied up on the sideline. Um, it's a good win for, for the Broncos um, because we, we you said it today, there's no more excuses even at this stage of the season against the opposition which they have, including next week when they play the Rams on Christmas Day and stuff like that, the games that they should be winning at this at this stage of the season. Um, it would have been an absolute disaster if they hadn't have found a way to win this game and they brought in some good players and running backs like Mack and Marlon Mack and, and Murray two solid players that have been around the league and you know will always pick up touchdowns so you know, there's a lot of work there it'd be interesting to see whether uh, Hackett you know we spoke last week about the narrative that's out there that he will be maintained for another season I just can't I can't buy into that I think his time is coming to, to be shown the door uh, at the end of the season. Mark I'll go to you for the Saints and the Falcons. Yeah, and we kind of touched on this division quite a bit. Every time a team almost has the opportunity to take advantage of the poor-performing Buccaneers, um, they slip up, and the Falcons had prime opportunity, you would have thought. But 
this is the beauty about interdivisional games. Uh, even when you expect uh, to be able to, to to win against arch rivals, bear in mind these teams both play in Mercedes-Benz Superdomes, just uh, in different states and slightly different locations. Um, but the Saints have been showing us very little the last while. The Red Rocket is not the answer, and it felt like the great job that's been done um, by the Falcons coaching staff would uh, certainly, I felt this beforehand, would would um, uh, dominate them and they would move on. Certainly, they would continue to move the ball uh, and run the ball on the Saints. The, the Saints' argument, I would have said, to win was that their dirt defense just took over the game and it didn't necessarily take it over. It was one of those scrappy divisional games. They're very limited, I would say, in moments of quality column uh, a bit like shrek or shrek 2 or shrek 3 or shrek 4 there's a donkey there's an ogre going around the place um great for the saints in many respects they're going to still say well we've a shot just as good as any still to win this uh nfc south and that's what all four teams will be thinking um which also goes to the fact that, that the quality in those games is is lacking somewhat sorry it wasn't it didn't it didn't float my boat, Colin. Didn't float my boat at all. Um, and I am going to talk then about the Steelers getting the win on the road in Carolina. So um, Magic Mike still has the opportunity to get above uh, 500. And to me, this the, the Panthers went away from what has been proven successful uh, under Steve Wilkes, moved away from the running game. Um, previously, they were going um, for the getting the big guys in there, getting that run going. Um, they just could not get the run going at all. And then they, I felt they went away from it a bit early and defensively just had a, a nightmare on third downs. This is a team who have um, managed to keep opposing teams under 40% on converting on third down uh, this, this year. Uh, at home and all of a sudden yesterday the Steelers converted 12 of 15 um, that is how you go about losing a game and ultimately this was about the you know the, the Steelers in the third quarter 21 play drive essentially just eight of the entirety of the third quarter they it felt uh, inevitable at that point because no matter what happened though it didn't matter if it was the the penalties they still found ways to convert and they uh, ultimately got over the the line and given what happened with the Bengals and the Bucks I think the Panthers are going to be kicking themselves a little bit on uh, that one um, in just before we move on to the Monday night game um, we do appreciate everyone's comments we enjoy uh, the interaction and i think some of these are uh, will inevitably come back to you in the off season so you have kyler coming off that's in relation to sean sean payton's potential interest or potential landing spot um that will come to um I do think undoubtedly the Chargers, no matter what happens, will be looking for a new play caller, and that seems to, to be the case. Uh, Owen, uh, as many fans whose teams uh, are in with a shout, are looking forward and get a, finding optimism, uh, our own Brian O'Leary, certainly uh, amongst that. And we're also seeing that the Christmas wishes come in, but we will uh, be, be back um, 
with uh, obviously a preview of the uh, Christmas specials midweek. Uh, so we look forward uh, to that. Um, but we do have one more game to go this evening, and that is Monday Night Football. Brian, do you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah, there's a few Packers fans that still believe they're going to make the playoffs as a wild card. Um, they played the Lions in week 18 at home, and no matter what the scenario is with the Lions, they will be doing their utmost. If they're not going to be in the playoffs to beat the Lions, um, they, they, they're looking at scenarios where Washington could lose in San Francisco next weekend, lose to the Browns, lose to the Cowboys. They're looking at Seattle and the, the tricky schedule they have. They've got to go to the Chiefs. They've got to go to, to play the Jets. Um, and then obviously there's the, the Lions scenario where if they were to beat the Lions and effectively win, sorry, uh, finish on the same record, if they could sneak in as, as the last one. I think it's a, it's a big stretch. I've seen uh, Matt Snyman, who we've had on the show, even talk about it in one of his articles that he doesn't believe it's against the rounds of possibility that the Packers will, will, could sneak in if they, if they run the table. And I think they'll run the table in terms of winning tonight anyway because I wasn't enamored by what we saw last week in uh, in the game in LA where, where the Vegas essentially where the Raiders essentially threw the game away. I mean they're up by thirteen points with three minutes to go and they allow a quarterback who's only been there thirty six hours. And it's not because of my hate of Baker Mayfield, I'm just it's the reality of no matter what quarterback you're going up against to allow, to allow a quarterback who's only trying to get his head around the playbook to go in there and beat a team after only being there for less than two days is it's staggering. I still can't believe it happens. So I'm not gonna get caught up in that. I think Baker Mayfield might have a better game tonight again, but I still think the, uh, the Packers have, should have more than enough at home. It looks like uh, Jones are in the back is going to play. Uh, AJ Dillon, Rogers is going to be, I imagine, looking forward to this one. He's had a bit of a, a fresh time with the, with the bye week, having gone into Chicago and they played well, and I think you might see another big game from Watson, the, the wide receiver who was getting all the critics at the start of the season. Did start from very well in week one when he dropped that big bomb against the Vikings, but by I mean, the way he's come on over the past few weeks and the three touchdowns against the Cowboys obviously was the start of it and he's had a really, really good end of the season and I imagine he might have a big game tonight. So for me, I think the Packers will win this game comfortably. Mark? Yeah, Brian, I love... Um, we're all passionate about our team, so I can understand how some Packers fans might look at this and say, no, there's still a chance. I mean, it reminds me... Well, I'll go away from Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber at the end where he says, so you're telling me one in a million. Oh, you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, there is a chance, and I'm kind of with you. I think they'll win tonight against the Rams, but they won't be the Dolphins, they won't be the Vikings, and then they won't be the Lions, so they ain't making the playoffs, lads. Um, the reality is for the game tonight, yeah, I think we're all kind of like just conscious of not going too contrary in, in terms of that Baker Mayfield uh, fairy tale story. They have had a bit of time. It's funny that the... the um, Packers are coming off uh, a buy, latest buy they could have possibly had. But equally, the um, Rams have a kind of a mini buy because, of course, they played on the Thursday night on December the 8th. So they only had four days less rest than the uh, Packers. And the Rams fans will tell you, yeah, but you've had 11 days to indoctrinate Baker Mayfield more into the playbook and what McVeigh cooked up. I mean... Yes, that was a great game against uh, a Raiders team who, I mean, Jesus, who have the Raiders beaten recently anyway? They don't beat anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, except for yesterday. Um, so the the reality is, though, the, the Rams fans shouldn't be getting carried away. Bengal, uh, Packers fans definitely shouldn't be carried away. This is a late season, awful Monday night football game that ESPN are contractually obliged to carry and show. And the Packers, for my money, will have 
enough um, to win the game and the Rams will have to reset with their myriad of draft picks that they don't have. For me, it's it's a, a game. We're only a couple of years on from obviously these teams really going at each other full pelt, um, but that that is the nature of this league. Not for long, and guys get injured and guys move on and uh, things uh, change. You you look at the injury reports on both of these teams, and they're both going to be missing um, players. Um, I, I don't know if a, a decision has been made on Bakhtiari. I, I know that he didn't participate uh, in terms of uh, the, during, during the week. I know that Aaron Donald uh, didn't participate. Um, the, so you're, you're missing, obviously, um, key, key players there. The Packers should, absolutely, they, they should do it. Um, but I, I, as you both have said, I don't expect this to be a particularly um, pretty game. Uh, we, I, I think, and I, I, I haven't seen anyone do a study on this, but it feels like there have been more injuries this year um, than in, in other years previous. Uh, like even yesterday, obviously, we saw more uh, QBs go, go out. Colt McCoy went down and um, Justin Fields went out for a while. Tana went out for, for a while. And obviously, both of these teams, the Rams, are really, really um, you know ravaged by injuries as of the Packers. But I'm going to say, as you both alluded to, the Packers' young wide receivers are beginning to pay, uh, come to fruition. Maybe they have learned those hand signals um, that Killer uh, was odd about uh, in her piece during the, the week. And we have a full house for the Packers, which inevitably means that they are cursed uh, and that the Rams should get the victory. Yeah, I mean, just call them quickly. Donald and Bakhtiari have both been declared out. So you could say that's a you know major loss either side, either side of the lines there in relation to it. You make a great point that at the start of the season, when they were showing the Monday Night Football schedule, you would have looked down the list that's like week 15, Monday Night Football, Rams, Packers. They'll both be probably in the division hunt. It could be relevant for seeding. You know, the capriciousness of time, how who would have known it was going to be two teams who are fighting more about draft seeding? And in the Rams' case, they're not even going to have the pick again. So um, I assume they don't have the pick. I mean, they generally don't have first-round picks till 2029, it feels like. Um, but, you know, now it's a bit of a drab affair to Sean of many of its star talents and star players with Stafford on injury reserve and everything. So, I mean, like... Um, it's the remarkable nature of how much money these TV companies have to pay and they have no idea necessarily how it's going to turn out, especially not later in the season, which makes, of course, and I know we're going to be all watching for this, but what games are flexed in the last couple of weeks of the season, especially around that great New Year's Day one um, where there's a couple of interesting options. I just hope we're not watching, I think it's Tampa Bay and the Falcons uh, to settle the NFC South. Uh, and then it's something more uh, entertaining than that, shall we say. There was a game a couple of years back, Mark, and we're going back probably eight or nine years ago, where the Seahawks were playing the Rams to win the division, and it was it was flexed into Sunday Night Football at the end of the season. And uh, the, I think the Seahawks won the game, and they still yep. finished on a losing record. That was a game which then the following week they, they, the 
they went to seven and nine. Charlie Whitehead, I think it was, uh, at uh, quarterback, um, yeah. which they were enamored with the fact he was six foot seven and doesn't he look like a quarterback and everything? Yeah, he couldn't yeah. play like one, unfortunately. I- at, th- at this point, I, w- I will just say, enamored with a six foot seven quarterback, uh, the answer is John Elway, who uh, could never find a QB who was that uh, size or above that he didn't uh, absolutely fall in love with and move up in the draft for. But anyway, uh, there have been some questions as to whether we will be back to preview the weekend's games. And yes, we will. And the good news for Mark is that Owen Healy is going to send you some fairy lights for the, the tree. Um, it's a plant. It's a plant, not a tree. <laughs> it looks like a tree, and I, yeah. Oh, when I get the lights over, we'll make sure Mark gets them up. And Keith is looking forward to the Christmas games, as I think we all are. We have a whole host of content coming your way this week. We will be back live with our preview, which uh, should be on Wednesday evening, um, and we also uh, have different podcast segments. Uh, so keep an eye out for those enjoy the game tonight thank you for joining us thank you for your comments and we will see you all again very soon